Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of my Cancer Story podcast. Today, you guys, you're going to meet Kayla Diltz. She is a cancer survivor. She was diagnosed with a grade four anaplastic ganglioglioma slash glioblastoma multiform brain tumor um, in 2018. You're going to hear her story on how she survived and how it affected her relationships throughout her whole treatment process. It's an incredible story. Uh, It has some twists and turns, and we even joke, she jokes, that it could be a lifetime movie. So without further ado, please meet Kayla and the tumor that she named Betty. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for being here and being willing to share your story, your cancer story with us. So thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I'm super excited to get to share my story with the world. I mean, yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm really glad that you, you had reached out to me through Instagram. Um, you said Absolutely. that you, you knew Stacy, you know, Stacy used to be a co yes. with her. Yep. Yeah. So an, another Michigander is on the yes. podcast today. It makes me really happy. So, um, I'm so glad that you found my cancer story podcast and I'm me are too. willing to share your story. So from here, I'll just, I'll get handed off to you. Okay. I'm going to start from the beginning and start telling your cancer story and I'll just ask questions along the way and we'll have some fun and enjoy chatting with each other. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, like you said, I know Stacy. um, I worked with her multiple years through my career, um, before I was diagnosed with a grade four anaplastic anglioglioma, um, which is brain cancer, um, So from what we learned when this all started, um, it all started from, I was driving one day and I was going to try to park at work and I hit a pole. Um, I explained it to my mom as my brain didn't connect to my foot. Oh yeah. And so I went to the doctors a few days later just to kind of get some tests and, you know, the blood work. Yeah. Yeah. The blood work and, oh, what's going on? Blood work came back clear. I'm like, okay. They're like, well, what other side effects are you having? Like, what are you feeling? And I said, you know, I'm having these headaches and sensitivity to light and I'm irritable. Um, I noticed when I walked, it almost felt like I was an alcoholic. It felt like all I wanted to, all I was doing was drinking and like, I couldn't keep my balance. Like I was drunk. And that was one of those things. And I'm like, this isn't me. Something wasn't right. And so from that, they're like, okay, well let's schedule you an MRI. I'm like, perfect. Maybe we'll find something. Maybe we'll get answers. I was always one of those people that never had headaches. So that was kind of like a key indicator. Yeah. And, you know, I worked at that time in early childhood development. So I was an early childhood mental health consultant. And that's how I knew Stacy. We worked at the same agency with the kiddos. And so uh, my MRI was upcoming. It was that Saturday. So this was, if we want a timeline, this was, I want to say November. This was October, October of 2018. Okay. And so... Um, that Tuesday night, we had our late night work meeting, like we always did, um, once a month. And I'm like, well, I just don't feel good tonight. Mm -hmm. I told my boss, I'm like, I walked into our, like our meeting room and the lights were super bright. And I'm like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. These lights are giving me a headache. Like I 
I just don't feel good. So I went and sat in my office in the dark for a little bit. And, you know, we had already worked 10 hours. We had two hours left with this meeting. So got through that, got home that night. And at this time, I was still living at home with my mom. Mm -hmm. I had moved back recently from my apartment that I had had just because I'm like roommate situations. It wasn't really working out for me. Yeah. Life so I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just going to move back home for a little bit and then I'll figure out life. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, I vaguely remember saying, hey, I'm going to go downstairs and watch TV. I was downstairs watching TV and like I went to stand up and I physically couldn't stand up. Like so you're, you're, you're telling your brain, your brain I'm, is telling you to stand I, up. I'm, t- just- I'm trying to stand up. Oh my God. And I couldn't feel my arm at that point. And I'm like, okay, something's not right. Wrong. Yeah. Something is seriously wrong. So I yelled up to my mom. I'm like, Hey mom, like, and you know, our moms know Mm -hmm. if something's wrong, they hear it in your voice. Mm -hmm. So immediately she comes downstairs, her boyfriend comes downstairs and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, I can't stand up. And they're like, okay, well, let's try to get you up. Let's get you upstairs. I couldn't feel my right leg. Oh God. So not only did I lose all feeling in my arm? I lost all feeling in my right leg, right side, wow. whole right side. So from there, they're like, okay, well, let's go to the emergency room. Let's see what's going on. And, you know, I'm like, I'm skeptical as is like always have been healthy. So we went to the ER and it was about, I would say it's later in the evening. It was probably about 10 o'clock because I worked late mm-hmm. and I'm like, my boyfriend's already sleeping, which is now my husband. So I'm like, I don't even know how, if I go back, I should probably hop back there real quick. So I'm going to pause okay. and hop back if that's okay. Yeah, we're going to rewind. Cause, okay, just because yeah. my my now husband ties into this okay. in a way that people will be yeah. very intrigued by. So I started dating my husband in October of 2018. Oh my gosh. Wow. A few weeks prior to this incident. Wow. So it was new. It was, it was a, really it was a fresh relationship. Oh we had met in September, started mm-hmm. dating in October and we're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that there. Cause that's, that's a, he's a, he, he's a huge piece of this story as well. Mm-hmm. So I go to the hospital automatically. They're like, Oh, are you having a heart attack? do the EKGs, all that, nothing. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, let's do a CT scan. Perfect. They do a CT scan. And I vaguely remember them coming in and saying, you have a brain lesion. I'm like, what's a lesion? Yeah. I have no idea what a lesion is. I've never heard of a lesion. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I may have my master's in social work, but (laughs) what's, what's a lesion? Yeah. And they're like, you have a brain tumor. Okay, cool. What do we do? Yeah. So this was now middle of the night and I'm like, okay, Scott, which is my husband now he's asleep. I'm like, I can't even reach out to him and be like, Hey, like I'm in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what's going on. So they're like, well, let's do an MRI. Okay. So now we're middle of the morning, middle of the night. They do an MRI. I come back from that and just waiting and sitting on edge 4 30 in the morning 
I'm like, okay, Scott's awake for work. Let me call him. Let him know I'm in the hospital. So I call him and he's like, you okay? Like, are you drunk? Do you need a ride? History, history of bad relationships led him to believe that I might've been like everybody else. And I'm like, no, like, Hey, I'm in the hospital. Don't know what's going on. He's like, I'll be there very soon. So that, yeah, it's, yeah. Ugh. Okay. Great guy. Yes. Ugh. (laughs) So. Do you, do you have tissues? If not, we can pause it. Okay, no, I'm good. good. I always I'm have good. a box of tissues behind. It's okay. I'm okay. I'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so had the MRI. He's now at the hospital. It's now Wednesday morning. Next day. They told my mom, they're like, you can go home. You can take a shower. Like, we're not going to have much more information right now. So go home, take a shower, come back up. I want to say it was not even 30 minutes before or after my mom left that Dr. Daniel Michael, so my neurosurgeon, Mm -hmm. came in and basically this guy was straightforward, straight shooter. Mm -hmm. There's a 90% chance this is brain cancer. There's a 10% chance this is not. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, like, I just imagine like, like the whole world, like you're just like sucked into this tunnel. It was just like, like vacuum, like you're exactly just like, wait, yeah. It just, it just go like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm 28 years old. Yeah. I'm 28 years old. You're telling me there's a 90% chance I have cancer. Mm -hmm. How is this possible? Mm -hmm. Like, did this happen overnight? Has this been developing since childhood? Like, where did this come from? Where on the spectrum is this? Exactly. Um, So in that moment, I made sure my mom got back up there, made sure to reach out to my dad who lives in Texas and just kind of get everybody in the loop that our next step is going to be brain surgery. So that Wednesday basically was a lot of phone calls, Mm -hmm. making sure my family knew, my brother knew. Um, them all getting flights in, um, because basically I told the doctor, when's your next available surgery? I don't want to wait. Um, so now we are into November. Okay. This is in November of 2018 now. Um, so that was, so I went in on, gosh, I want to say November, November 18th rings a bell. Okay. I don't remember if that's my brain surgery or if that was when I went in the hospital. So that was a Wednesday where he came in and said, Hey, 90% chance of brain cancer, 10% not Mm -hmm. cool. I basically said to him, when's your first available? And he said, Monday morning. I said, okay, I can get through the weekend. Can I leave this hospital? I don't want to stay here through the weekend in the hospital. Um, at that time I was coaching competitive dance Mm -hmm. and I basically said, I, I need to physically tell my girls that I'm not going to be around for a little while. Um, at that time I was coaching, um, primary, which is first, second and third grade. Yep. And then I, yeah. (laughs) And then I had the high school team as well. Okay. 
So if you think about it, I had to put it in kids, kid terms. Coach Kayla's sick. She's going to be out for a little bit. My high schoolers, I had to be straight. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going in for brain surgery. This is what it looks like in those teenage years, especially when you've been coaching kids for so long, because mm-hmm. a lot of them I had been coaching since that first, second, third grade level. Okay. So they had been with me, you've known you them know, forever. Yeah. known them basically through all of their schooling, Yeah. letting them know like, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm going to be out for a while. Things are going to be different for me, but we don't know what that after looks like yet. So I went home for the weekend and that weekend was probably the toughest weekend of my life Mm -hmm. in the sense of preparing, um, doing a power of attorney, making a will in case something were to go wrong through surgery and asking my brother to be that power of attorney Mm -hmm. to make that decision because I know emotionally, my mom would have never been able to do it. Mm-hmm. And my dad's more logical. However, my brother is straight to the point. This is what it says. This is what we'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of those things that at 28, I never thought I'd have to be doing. Yeah. You're still young. And let's yeah. like how quickly it happened from a diagnosis to your surgery date. And there's this much time in between and you to had prepare. to prepare prepare. Like you have to come to grips with your own mortality. Absolutely. Doing this power of attorney, doing this will, like nobody thinks about that, especially when you're in your twenties. Exactly. I'm like 28. I'm like, heck new relationship, having fun. Right. Like going out on Friday night with my girlfriends. Like that was our thing. Go get a frozen margarita. Now it's (laughs) like, okay, well, what is this after surgery life going to look like? So Monday morning, um, I want to say I had surgery on November 18th. Okay. So Monday morning, surgery scheduled, got to be there at 5 a.m. Cool. My boyfriend's there. My dad's in from Texas. My brother's here from, I think my my brother was living in California at the time. Yep. In L.A., that's, yep. That's around where I live. <laughs> exactly. He's now in Hawaii. Oh, wow. So I'm like, we're planning Dream. to get there. We're planning <laughs> to get there. Um, yeah. So we then, I believe my aunt and uncle, just my best friend, all of these people are now in Royal Oak Beaumont's waiting room, mm-hmm. awaiting me to go into surgery. I'm like, how many people can fit in this waiting room? Cause I feel like everybody's here. <laughs> So that day, my husband had school. So he went to school. He seen me off to when they took me back. He's like, I'm going to go to school. I'll be back by the time you wake up. Cool. They shaved my head in little patches to attach. I don't know what they're called. But yeah, so they shaved little parts of my head to attach whatever devices they needed to do yeah. the surgery. Yeah. And that was a big struggle for me because prior to brain surgery and brain cancer and all of this, my hair was it for me. Mm. Different colors, always curling straight in. Mm-hmm. How short can I get it? How long can I get it? Mm-hmm. My hair was a big part of this for me. Yeah. 
That's a lot of, for, especially for women, it's a huge part of our yeah, identity. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how you expressed yourself. And that's, exactly. that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is it going to be straight hair, curly ponytail? Mm-hmm. And then having them shave parts of my head, it was just like, it was an uneasy feeling for me. Mm-hmm. So by the time they finished prepping me for surgery, they're like, okay, your family's going to come back in. Like you'll get to talk to them for a little bit before we wheel you back. Mm-hmm. I said, great. I'm like, Hey Scott, why are you still here? He's like, well, I went to school and they sent me home. They told me to leave and go to sit at the hospital. So right in that moment, I'm like, yeah, this guy's in it for the long haul. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, three weeks into dating, three weeks your, in. yeah, your girlfriend's going into brain surgery. Like what am I getting myself into? Because you don't know how people are going to react to Ex- a, a diagnosis, like whether it's family members, your friends, especially somebody that you're dating, like yep. some people just run. Exactly. And the fact he just doubled down. He's like, Nope, I'm here. Yep. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, so I guess we're getting married. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Here we are. Dude. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I, said my goodbye, said, I love yous. Like, all right, see you guys in a bit. So I remember being wheeled back into the operating room. Mm -hmm. I remember Dr. Michael saying, all right, let's talk about sports for a little bit. I'm like, cool. I love football. I love hockey. Let's talk. I remember him saying that and I was out. (laughs) I'm like, crazy, man. (laughs) It is. He's like, we're going to talk about sports. You're like, okay. And, And to this day, I still go, We never got to talk about sports that day. (laughs) Whenever I see him, that's like our running joke. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I came out. First thing I asked is, what time is it? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, it's like, I think it was like 3.30. I'm like, "Uh, have you talked to my family? They're probably worried sick. They're like, yes, we've updated your family. And then, of course, Kayla being Kayla, can I see my mom? My mom is a huge part of my world. Mm-hmm. Huge part of my everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, can I see my mom? They said, you know, let's get you woken up more. Let's, you know, let's see how you are in 15 minutes and we'll get her back here. Cool. My next demand, can I have some ice water and something to eat? Cause I'm hungry. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> I know. So of course you're coming out of surgery and it's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to get that four course meal, three no, course meal, nothing crackers. fancy. <laughs> Here we go. Here comes the saltine crackers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> of course I take a bite and I'm like, why do you give these to people after surgery? This is the worst fucking thing I've ever eaten. Like throw <laughs> these away. Like, I don't want these I got like, Ritz crackers and they were delightful. I don't see, know the last time I had Ritz crackers and it was so good. <laughs> it's so crazy. Cause me and my toddler love Ritz, cla- oh, they're, Ritz they're crackers. So good. Like if he's having like lunch meat and cheese for lunch, I make sure he has his rich crackers, like a little homemade lunchable. I was about to yeah. say like a, like a little, lunchable. yeah, so cute. Yeah. So, uh, come out of surgery, nasty saltine crackers. Never mm-hmm. again. I haven't <laughs> eaten one since No. gross, not for me. So come out of surgery. That was Wednesday, still Wednesday, go up to the ICU And I'm like, huh, this place is interesting. Mm -hmm. Lots of machines, lots of lights, lots of people. I'm like, Mm -hmm. can I get some frozen yogurt? Can I get something better to eat? Mm -hmm. Like me being Kayla, all I want is something to eat. (laughs) So 
they're like, no, you got to go down for another MRI. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll get food after this next MRI. Mm -hmm. In that moment, seeing this lady wheel me down to my next MRI and realizing I still have metal on me, I'm like, somebody doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. You like still had like rings or necklaces and stuff on? No, I had, so from the IVs and oh, the A-line gotcha. and all of these gotcha. different. I was like, wouldn't they make you take it off for surgery? Yeah. But you're yeah, talking no. about the other stuff. Okay. All the other stuff, the medical okay. equipment. I'm like, uh, do we need to take this stuff off? She's like, oh no, you're fine. So in that moment, after sur- all this surgery, this very long day, I feel like my nurse is incompetent. That's and that made me terrified. Absolutely. That's the perfect Mm -hmm. word for it. Mm -hmm. It was scary. Yeah. I'm like, do we like, I don't know much about MRIs at that time, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I know enough that you shouldn't have, I know enough. I know enough, (laughs) you know? And of course, after a few moments of listening to her, I realized she's newer at this hospital, Mm -hmm. but still. Mm -hmm. So that was a very stressful situation where when I got back to my room, I asked my family to advocate for me to get me a different nurse. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Absolutely. I'm like, you, you shouldn't like anybody out there should not feel bad about something like that. Like if yeah. you're not comfortable with your doctor, your nurse, any, anybody that you're working with for your treatment, you can ask for somebody else. You can get somebody else. You exactly. Just be like, Oh, I feel bad. Don't no, No, F that. I'd, forget that. In, no, <laughs> in that nurse. moment, in that moment, I'm like, who the hell is this lady? Yeah. Like, why is she working here? Yeah. If you're not comfortable with, with somebody who's caring for you. Yeah. yeah Advocate person. Yeah, exactly. Good for you. Yep. So made it through that night. So this was surgery was Monday, Tuesday. Yep. Sorry. Surgery was on Monday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, I was still in the ICU and then they transferred me just to a standard old room. Mm -hmm. I remember hanging out with my dad, watching Mm -hmm. Dancing with the Stars. It was the finale that year, Mm -hmm. watching it on my laptop. And I'm like, I'm ready to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Like the hospital stays are not for me. I'm not comfortable. I'm not sleeping. So then Wednesday, so we're now two days Mm post-surgery, they come in, run physical therapy tests, make me get down on the ground, which was super weird to me. Mm -hmm. But then again, I realized my brain tumor was on the left side of my head, Mm -hmm. which was, which controls the right side of your right Mm -hmm. side of your body, Mm -hmm. the right functions, your arms, your legs, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. It makes sense why I lost that feeling in my right arm Mm -hmm. makes sense why I couldn't feel my leg. Um, they made me get down on the ground, get up off the ground. I'm like, this is ridiculous. They're like, well, do you want to go home today? Yeah. It's a functional assessment. Makes exactly. Sense. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely. I want to go home today. I had brain surgery two days ago <sighs> and tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'd want to go home too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I got discharged that Wednesday. So two days after brain surgery, That's I incredible. was, I was home. Yeah. Yeah. I was home. I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, 
I want to see my incision. I was going to ask you like, um, about the incisions and then also after surgery, what kind of prognosis did they give you? They're like, did we get all of the tumor? Did we get oh, yes, yes, or, yes. Cool. Sorry. I just figured we no, reverse a you're, little bit. you're good. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's reverse that. Yeah. So prior to the surgery, they told me that it was impossible to have a hundred percent resection rate. Okay. When I came out of surgery, I had a hundred percent resection rate. Yeah. Yes. I just pumped my fist for everybody who can't see me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm good for that. That's great. Yep. So that was one of those things that's okay. This is a sign of hope. Mm -hmm. This is, this is going to be good. Mm -hmm. So what was the other question? I lost it. Uh, no, no, you, you got it. Yeah. I okay. was just curious, like what they had to say yep. after surgery. So, so the, it yep. went well, like yep. went rate. well, hundred yeah. percent resection rate mm-hmm. had my motor functions had, mm-hmm. I was able to walk. You were thinking clearly uh, that metal's not allowed in MRIs. Exactly. So. <laughs> the hardest, <laughs> the hardest thing for me coming out of surgery was reconnecting with others in today's society, of course, social media is huge. Mm-hmm. Text messages, phone calls. Prior to going into surgery, I posted on Facebook for the world to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I shut my phone down. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine so turning that back on? <laughs> that was that was a big struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I went all through Monday, all through Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it was Tuesday night. Um, I said, I'm ready to reconnect and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I turned my phone on and I'm like, I have my phone in my hand and my, I felt like my hand eye coordination was completely off. Mm-hmm. Looking at the screen of my phone, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to do this again. Mm-hmm. Texting took me what felt like 15 minutes for one message. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, half the time you can shoot a text without even looking because you know the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is definitely different for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in time it came back, but that was one of those things that I'm just like, this is strange. It's a little scary, like, especially yeah. right out of the gate, you know, like, yeah, realize that this is different. Absolutely. So then went home, had Thanksgiving mm-hmm. with my family, didn't have a traditional Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, it was very non-traditional. It was kind of one of those years where we're just like, we're thankful that Kayla's alive. She made it through surgery. We now need to buckle down and figure out what the next steps are. Yeah. Um, so pathology came back that it was cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a grade four. And from what they explained to me with brain cancers, it's graded opposed to stages. Yep. So brain cancers are graded in the sense of one being, I don't want to say low risk because obviously no cancer is low risk. Um, but grade four being severe, the highest risk, highest risk. Um, I'm trying to think of the word they used. Oh, I can't think of it. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. I have a grade four anaplastic ganglioglioma. What is that? So I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this pathology report. Okay. Something to me feels off. I'm like, I don't understand this. I've never heard of this. 
Okay. So my te- my oncology team explained it to me as it's an extremely rare aggressive cancer commonly found in children. Huh. Yep. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Huh. And I'm like, okay, so are you telling me this has been developing since childhood? Yeah, that's that was going to be my question. Or did this come on as an adult? And unfortunately to this day, I don't have a clear answer if it has been going on since childhood or if it came on as an adult. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I want my pathology, I want my pathology run at a different facility. I want to see what they come back with. So I had a contact at MD Anderson. Oh, wow. Yep. So I flew down at that time. And now my dad was living in Texas. Mm -hmm. I flew down to MD Anderson and I went back and forth about having my treatment there. Proton therapy there is huge. So they ran my pathology report. I was there. I was in Texas a total of 24 hours. Oh, wow. So this is after it came back that it was cancer, Mm -hmm. that it's, you know, extremely rare, extremely aggressive. I'm going to need chemotherapy. I'm going to need radiation. Cool. Let me see what they say. So compared notes, their, their pathology report came back with traces of a glioblastoma, Mm -hmm. which is when we tacked on that glioblastoma multiform. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the mixture of my tumor is or was. Um, So my doctors explained it to me multiple times in the, basically explaining it like a pie so say you have a pie and this slice is apple, this pie, this slice is raspberry. Over here, you have cherry, some peach. You mm-hmm. have all these different types of tumor that make up your tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, with glioblastoma being the smallest portion. Got it. I'm like, okay, that, that's reassuring. Like I can, I can get down with that. Okay. We know glioblastomas are... They're nasty. They're nasty. Yeah. I had a pass from a, a glioblastoma. Yeah. It was in her spine. Yeah. Oh, and it traveled. They're heartbreak. They're yeah. heart. Like, they're just heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, I think the biggest thing that I had to wrap my head around was, or around was you got to fight through this. Mm-hmm. You got to be strong enough to get through it. Mm-hmm. You let your mentality get low. You're going with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me was to remain optimistic, remain hopeful, and just keep telling it, I'm going to beat this. Yeah. That's the right and attitude to, to have. I you just give in, you go down with it. And you oh, absolutely. Yeah. So prior, prior to my surgery in those couple of days, we named my brain tumor Betty. I forgot <laughs> to mention that. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I love it. Yes. So I, I completely forgot that. I just thought of it and it made me Daddy. chuckle again. Oh my yep. gosh. That's great. So our hashtag there for a while going around was hashtag fuck Betty, beat Betty, Betty gotta go. Yeah. So I love that. So yeah, that was a big portion of it was my support team was extremely optimistic, just like I was, mm-hmm. um, which made it a lot easier preparing for those next steps. Yeah. 
And the fact that you had like a good sense of humor about it. Obviously, oh yeah, absolutely. Not funny, but no. to be able to like make it a, a little bit more fun and, and, and uplifts your spirits and ultimately changes your outlook too, to help oh, you absolutely. fight through it. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, it's like, you're 28 years old. Mm-hmm. You're not going to let this take you right now. Mm-mm. You're going to fight and you're going to win. And that was that mentality, even to this day that I still have to keep. Yeah. So MD Anderson gave me the pathology report of the glioblastoma mixture basically gave me the same treatment plan that my oncology team at Royal Oak Beaumont gave me. Okay. And fortunately for me, at that time, I was still living in Royal Oak at my mom's and Royal Oak Beaumont was basically in her backyard. Mm-hmm. It was a three minute drive. Oh my gosh. That's great. And they are the only hospital in Michigan to have a proton therapy center. Oh, so can you explain what proton therapy is? Yep. So proton therapy is a more targeted form of radiation. Okay. Um, so when I say proton therapy, it's very, it's interchangeable with radiation, but because it was such a, it hadn't like spread or it was contained in my skull. Mm -hmm. So my tumor was growing, um, skull in instead of skull out. Got it. So it was contained within my skull. So they were able to do proton therapy, do directly target that section without hitting any other sections of my brain. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit higher end, higher tech, but that's a lot of the forms of radiation that you see at bigger names like MD Anderson um, or Kettering, I think yeah. is one of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm like, well, this is three minutes from my house. I have to go Monday through Friday. Sure. I'll give it a shot. Of course, in that moment, I'm like, okay, I need one more. I need one more opinion. Went to the university of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, they asked about my oncology team, um, gave them my doctor's names at Royal Oak Beaumont. And the oncologist there said, I studied with this guy. Highly recommend him. Go to Royal Oak Beaumont. Don't travel here every day. It's an hour and a half drive for you. Go there. Oh, wow. That's yeah. reassuring. That's exactly. Funny. I did go to, I prior to U of M, I went to one more hospital. I'm not going to bring that one up. I had a terrible okay. experience. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Terrible. Um, it was It was a terrible experience in the sense of overconfidence, cocky about their work Mm -hmm. and it didn't make me feel safe in their care. Mm -hmm. It didn't, I felt like I would have just been another patient Mm -hmm. opposed to a name. Yeah. Opposed to somebody that they walk in, they're like, Oh, Hey Kayla, how's it going? Mm -hmm. Where I can say to this day with my oncology team, I walk in and they're like, Hey, let me see pictures of the baby. Let me see Mm -hmm. that. Like it's a whole different experience. Yeah. And, and that's important. More, yeah. Of a family feel. And then also you're being taken care of. You're not just a number. Like you said, you're absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. So I then started, so that was a lot of December. Okay. Um, Christmas that year was very challenging for me. I, I clearly remember not wanting to wear the holiday PJs. 
because if this is my last Christmas, I don't want to go out in my holiday PJs. Uh, I was not big into that. And, and now being a mom, I'm like, okay, matching PJs, this and that. Um, yeah, it was very challenging for me. I just wanted to be home. I wanted to be with my family. I didn't want to do any extracurriculars like holiday PJs that year. Understand? Because in my head, I'm like, if this is my last Christmas, I just want to be home. Mm-hmm. So January, at this point, we're now waiting for proton therapy to start. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of pushbacks on start dates. So first it was like, oh, you're going to start January 5th. Then it was January 12th, a week later. Then it was the 19th. Finally on, I believe it was like January 25th. They're like, okay, like you're starting tomorrow. And it's like, great, this is exciting. Mm -hmm. So I went on a five day a week proton therapy session. It lasted about 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. I got to wear this, I call it a cage, Um, but it's like a mesh mask. I have a photo of it on my Instagram. Okay. Somewhere. I'll, 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 ha- I'll have to find that for yeah, you with I'll my little grad, <laughs> with my graduation certificate, but, uh, this mesh mask. And I'm thinking I'm already claustrophobic as is mm-hmm. going through the MRIs. I'm always like open MRI. Yeah. I know which MRI machine I want. Please mm-hmm. don't give me anything else. Mm-hmm. And so did that. Um, and also with that, I did oral chemotherapy. Okay. So port chemotherapy, from what I learned, does not go through the blood-brain barrier. Oh, okay. Yep. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. When they said that, I'm like, okay, so I take a handful of pills every day. How does this work? Yeah. Yeah. So, needless to say, for 52 days through my proton therapy, I would take my chemotherapy, I would take my chemotherapy, my anti-nausea pills, all of these different medications, mm-hmm. I would be done by like eight in the morning, mm-hmm. go about my day. And I did that until March. Okay. So this is now 2019. So from January of 2019 to March of 2019, I did proton therapy mm-hmm. weekly and I did chemotherapy for 52 days straight. Mm-hmm. And then I got a little break from chemotherapy um, and then I went on a five day on 21 day off cycle of chemotherapy for about a year and a half. Okay. And that was the pill too. That was still okay. oral chemotherapy in the pill form. What kind of side effects did you get from that form? This is where it gets what's happening story. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> I honestly can say to this day, I don't know if it was the chemotherapy or if it was my pregnancy. So I'm going to fast. Oh my God. Excuse me. I'm I'm going to fast forward to July real quick. Okay. July of 2019. July of 2019. So end of July, um, my my boyfriend at that time, obviously Scott, I'll Mm -hmm. just refer to him as Scott. Mm -hmm. Scott and I were preparing to go for, go to a wedding. Mm -hmm. I was on chemotherapy that week, had dance camp that weekend as well, mm-hmm. left dance camp. It was a hundred degrees. It was hot as hell here in Michigan. I was sleeping in a dorm room. I was irritable. 
I'm like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Put on a dress to go to this wedding for a fellow colleague at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't wear this. Should I look pregnant? <laughs> sure. Shit. That's what I said. Oh my God. Put on the next dress. I'm like, fuck it. We got to go. Like, we're going to be late. We got an hour and a half drive, whatever. Mm. I don't care. (laughs) Get to this wedding. And I'm like, okay, let's just enjoy the night. Mm -hmm. I'm like, something's not right. Oh, God. Yep. So that following week, I had an oncology Uh follow-up on that Wednesday. And I told my oncologist, I said, you know, I feel like something is moving inside of me. <laughs> and he said, okay, well, it's very rare that we hear, hear of parasites through chemo. However, it could be a parasite. Parasite. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I had I mean, a parasite. So baby, babies are like that anyway, right? Yeah. They eat no shit. I, yeah. I mean, okay, cool. Parasite. Yeah. I'm like, my stomach's hard when I sleep at night. Mm. he's like okay let's get an abdominal ultrasound Mm -hmm. cool he's like let's figure out what's going on so here we are mind you I had not been pregnancy tested through my whole treatment really like even yes wow like I feel like that's you just pee in a cup automatically every time you have surgery nope wow prior to my brain surgery I did okay prior to my treatment prior to my Treatment start date I did. Uh-huh. Nothing after that. Oh my god. Okay. So, so you got your ultrasound. There's- this is now Saturday morning. So okay. Friday night, my girlfriends and I had gone out to the casino and we're walking in. And I swear to you, my best friend Jessica's like, You're pregnant. I'm like, let's go get a cocktail because I'm not like this week. I'm not on chemo. Let's get a cocktail. Like, just shut your mouth. (laughs) I'm like, shut up. (laughs) So we go about our night and she even put her hand on my stomach. It's like, Kayla, there is a baby kicking inside of you. No, still in disbelief. Uh So Scott and I go to my ultrasound Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Go back there. Lay down on the table. Scott's in the waiting room. The ultrasound tech goes, oh, how's your pregnancy going? (laughs) Well, I guess that answers that question. (laughs) I said, excuse me? She said, oh, you didn't know you were pregnant? No, I didn't. And she's like, the look on her face was like she had seen a ghost. Because in that moment, she realized she, she kind of could fucked up. <laughs> she, fu- she fucked up bad. She couldn't tell me anything more. She yeah. just told me I'm pregnant. Yeah. I don't know if there's a heartbeat. Yeah. I don't know how far along I am. Oh, my God. I don't know if there's developmental delays. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. And this lady can't tell me shit. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, we figured out what the stomach pain was from. And why you looked pregnant in a dress. So exactly. Cause you were. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I walked out to the waiting room and Scott goes, you okay? I said, yeah, dude, let's pack up. Let's go. He's like, did they give you any results? Any answers? Did she tell you anything? Did she see anything? I'm like, oh yeah, she saw something. It's more like a who she saw. 
mind you, it's probably now 7.30. Well, what a way to tell him. He's <laughs> she saw. 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. We walk out to the car and he's like, okay, so what do we do now? The fuck if I know? I've never been pregnant. Yeah. So I'll pause there again and tie back into side effects from chemo. Uh-huh. I have no idea. Yeah. So I can tell you what I pregnancy. You were. I can tell you what I felt from it. Yeah. What I felt through it. Mm-hmm. Through the proton therapy and chemotherapy, I lost all the hair on my left side, mm. which was a challenge for me losing the left side of my hair. So I had all the hair on my right side. My whole left side was bald because Some it was do that on purpose too for hairstyle. Just like. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, Oh, why is my computer? Hold on. Okay. Uh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I was struggling with sleep. Mm-hmm. I was nauseous. I was super tired, irritable. I never had, vo- I was never throwing up, never mm-hmm. had morning sickness. Um, I, I, I always feel terrible saying this. Chemo and radiation were not that bad for me. Don't feel terrible. Everybody's experience is different. Yeah. And everybody's like, obviously cancer is different. So the yeah. way it affected you and that's good. That's good. It wasn't that bad for you. Yeah. It really Don't was feel bad not saying that. <laughs> yeah. Great. I mean, I just think of it in the sense of, I feel fortunate mm-hmm. that I had it fairly simple through the treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know others don't. Yeah. I you, couldn't, I couldn't imagine. It, yeah, yeah. I really am. Um, so my side effects, I don't yeah. know. And it's funny I, because, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I can't even align it because yeah. I, I simply don't know. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like my, the other question looming in my brain was like, you know, a lot of women who have had cancer, like they don't know if they can have babies afterwards. They go to do yep. IVF or, you know, like, cause like the chemo puts them into basically like a menopause situation yes. or like they, there's just so many things. Like they don't know if it's healthy for the baby or, or, you know, all the, all the crazy parts. Oh and yeah. It's just gonna be like, you know, how, how was it, you know, being able to conceive afterwards, but it wasn't kind of during you it was, it was absolutely during. Oh my so you, you okay. Pri- you really do have a lifetime movie here. I do. <laughs> you should pitch it. <laughs> so I know. Right. So prior to starting treatment, my oncologist, my medical oncologist highly recommended freezing eggs. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. I, I said, you know what? If having children isn't an option for me, there's babies in this world, teenagers, children that need adopting. Mm-hmm. That's the route I would go. If I were not able to have children of my own, adopting would be my next choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so in <laughs> leave the ultrasound, um, go to my mom's work because she's working that Saturday and her office is like has this big glass window and she can see me walking up and you instantly see her turn into a ghost. <laughs> I walk in and she starts crying. She's like, what's wrong? What happened? Uh-huh. I'm like, can we go talk in doctor's office? Like mm-hmm. probably shouldn't do this right here. So I walk in and I'm like, apparently I'm pregnant. <laughs> and she's like, 
okay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, okay. And I look out and Scott's pacing the parking lot, pacing a light post on the phone. I'm hundred percent certain he was talking to his mom. Mm-hmm. We're very close to family around here. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So we get home. I call the on-call oncologist. I say, I'm pregnant. What do I do? Can I get a hold of my oncologist? Mm-hmm. I finally get a hold of my medical oncologist and he said, come in Monday. Um, my medical oncologist nurse is, was actually a practicing OB for a while okay. before she had children and decided to step down from that and went into oncology. Mm-hmm. So I went into her office Monday morning and this is after multiple on-call doctors are like, we don't preach pregnancy during treatment. Um, there's a good chance that this isn't going to work out. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I feel like I'm further along than any of us think. So that Monday morning, I went into my medical oncologist's office and they all take one look at me and they're like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, this is real life. (laughs) So my oncology nurse did a fetal height exam. Okay. Basically measuring my belly with our hands to try to get a timeline of how far along I am. Okay. Because at this point, I don't have an appointment with an OB. My standard OB wasn't high, a high risk doctor. She's like, mm-hmm. I can't physically take you because you're now considered high risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she does the measurements. She's like, Kayla, you're like 28 to 30 weeks pregnant. Oh. Okay. So 28 to 30 weeks pregnant. Wow. In that moment, I'm like, holy shit, we're having a baby real fucking soon and we have no plan. (laughs) Yeah. You're like an episode of I didn't know I was pregnant, whatever show is. Yeah. Crazy. Of course, you're not thinking about your pregnant because you're trying to go through chemo and radiation. Yeah. I'm trying to take care of my brain here. Yeah. I'm going to my routine MRIs. So at this point, yeah, I'm like, at this point, this child has been exposed to proton therapy, Mm -hmm. chemotherapy, gadolidium from MRIs, Mm -hmm. all of these anti-nausea pills. Like there's so many things that I've put into my body. Yeah. I, when I wasn't on chemotherapy, I would have an angry orchard or two. I'd have a glass of wine. I was 21 days off. Mm-hmm. I'd make it through that first week after and be like, okay, all right, it's Friday night, girls. Let's go out. Let's have a drink. Mm-hmm. Call it a night. I'm like, I just exposed this child to so many risks. Mm-hmm. So the next day I was able to get into the maternal fetal medicine office, which is a high risk OB. Um, thanks to my oncology nurse, of course, you know, somebody, you know, somebody you get in right away. Yeah. So in that day, three hour appointment, we had an anatomy scan for the child. So making sure all developments are proper. Um, there's a heartbeat, there's arms, legs, a head, like, Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're walking into being yeah. pregnant, going through any form of cancer treatment. Yeah. So 
I found out it was a boy. We're like, okay. I mean, we didn't really wait till we got to the car. We were like, let's just open the envelope. <laughs> um, found out we were delivering in four weeks. Oh, Jesus. I was 30 weeks pregnant. That's so crazy. Yep. <laughs> when the doctor told me that you have an extremely healthy baby, he's measuring five pounds already. This is where you're at. You're 30 weeks pregnant. The look on Scott's face was, what the hell are we doing? He walked out of the room and said, excuse me, I need to walk out for a little bit. Four weeks. Yeah. Okay. We don't have a house. We're not married yet. What are we doing? That's a, that's a, it's a lot going on for only four weeks away. Yep. Yeah. So in those four weeks, we transformed an office into a nursery. Mm -hmm. We had a baby shower. We got married and we had a baby. We had a miracle baby. Yeah. My miracle baby, Tyler. He really is. And that's what we call him all the time. That's so, it's so amazing. Like with all of the crap that got put on and into your body and this beautiful, healthy baby boy emerged from it. That's Oh, absolutely. Like this is destined for greatness. Like, yeah, it's going to be so strong. And so like, he just like, Oh, everything's just going to roll off of him. And that's how I feel. Yeah. Jump off the couch. And it's like, Oh, what are you doing? (laughs) Cry for two seconds and back at it. Oh my God. Yeah. So September 16th, 2019, we had a baby boy healthy as can be still to this day going on two which is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what a whirlwind of a story. Yeah. So they ended up after we found out I was 30 weeks pregnant. They're like, baby has already been exposed to chemotherapy. We don't want you going an extra two weeks without another round of treatment. So you're going to deliver in six weeks. So we ended up delivering at 36 weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. So the week we found out I was on chemo, they told me, stop your chemo until you see the doctors. And then afterward, after the appointment with maternal fetal medicine, they're like, we want you to start your chemo back up. And in that moment, I'm like, how am I going to take chemotherapy knowing I'm pregnant? Yeah. I'm like, this is technically a toxic drug. Mm-hmm trying to keep away and kill it's cancer cells. It's I'm po- exactly. <laughs> I'm poisoning my body. Yeah. And now I have another body inside of me. Yeah. And so that was tough for me because I'm like, I don't want to take any more chemotherapy while I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I toughed it out because mm-hmm. I knew I had to, I have to follow my doctor's orders. I'm very firm on that. So I finished my chemo that week. They're like, well, let's give you two weeks to rest. Do another round of chemo, give you two weeks, and then we'll deliver. So that's how we got pushed to six weeks before we deliver. So it gave us a little bit more time to prepare. Mm -hmm. But still, I'm like, six weeks to prepare for your first child. Yeah. And we did it. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's surprise for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. After finishing chemo and you delivered and everything like that yep. going forward, like what, what yep. was and what is your treatment plan? Yep. So going forward from there, got those precious two weeks again, <laughs> started my, so I delivered Tyler in September of okay. 2019. Uh-huh. I finished my oral chemotherapy, that five day on 21 day off regiment in March of 2020, right before the world shut down. Great timing, right? Great timing. (laughs) Yep. Right before the great toilet. You're like, woo, I'm free. Yeah. Ooh, (laughs) toilet paper shortage. Yes. I'm like, we laugh. We're like, we can't wait until we're older and be like, do you remember the toilet paper shortage from 2020? That's what we're looking forward to laughing about it. But yeah, so today I am medicine free. Um, I'm on routine MRIs, which have gone from every three months mm-hmm. to ever. Up. Yep, we're now at every four months. That's great. Um, I actually just had a MRI. What's today? Today's Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. May yeah. 16th. Yeah. May sixteenth. Um, I had an MRI last Friday where I got my results this past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, MRI is clear. Unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, but we couldn't do it with contrast this time or get, get because I'm expecting baby number two. Congratulations. Thanks. Wow. You're just yeah. a little fertile myrtle. I know <laughs> they're like, I've never seen somebody come out of cancer treatment and just like pop out babies. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and the crazy thing about that was, is in January, my first follow-up of this year, I asked my medical oncologist, I said, if my husband and I were to try to have another baby, what would that look like? And he said, women who already had brain tumors are at higher risk for redeveloping them when pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. I said, that's definitely something we'll have to consider. The next day I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so much for, so, yeah, but so, you know, it was meant to be. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So here we are now, 20 weeks pregnant, halfway there. We'll find out. We actually find out the gender Wednesday. So on the 20th, but of course we're going to wait till the weekend mm-hmm. to share it with friends and family and share it with ourselves. So it's going to be an interesting few days trying to keep it from my husband. <laughs> So yeah, but no medicine, which I love. I hated, even to this day, it's very challenging for me to even take Tylenol. Well, yeah. Like you're saying, you're not one to get headaches and for nope. like, to be in that kind of pain, you're like, mm, yeah, I don't like, I don't like medication either. If I don't no. have to take it, like, right. I really bad. I'll take some yeah. ibuprofen. Right. I ingested chemotherapy for so many months. Mm-hmm weeks in a row that it's just like the amount of pills, the size of the pills. Yeah. I'm just like, got a headache. Okay. Drink some water, tough it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, usually like a dehydration. Yeah. Headache, like yeah. Water. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a whole different ballgame after going through cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about scanxiety. Yeah. It's so real. My husband, the night before any MRI, he's like, you okay? Like, what you thinking about today? Yeah. And because he knows. Yeah. 
I know. I'm so aware because in the back of my head, that fear never goes away. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of symptom it is. It's, that's the first kind of inclination just because you're like, well, yeah, something tried to kill me once, you know, who's right. it's not going to happen again. And the anxiety is very, very real. PTSD is very, very real with yeah. anybody who's been diagnosed with cancer or yeah. going through any sort of like disease or a traumatic event. Like it's, you're always going to go there first. Oh, absolutely. Cause it's like, okay. The first question, if I say I have a headache, are you having light sensitivity? Are you having noise sensitivity there for a while? I couldn't, I'm a music person. I couldn't have music on while people were talking while mm-hmm. playing cards. I physically couldn't handle all the stimulation. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those things you had, I had to work through mm-hmm. so many things going on at once mm-hmm. and dating that back to even my career. That was a huge challenge for me. Yeah. Um, I know we didn't get to really touch on my work too much, Mm-mm. but I was supposed to return to work actually in August of 2019. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, reached out to my boss and said, Hey, ha, here we are. Turns Apparently I'm, I'm pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> Turns out I'm pregnant delivering in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's reevaluate at the beginning of 2020. Reevaluated at 20 in the beginning of 2020 of January. And I said, you know what? I have three more rounds of chemo. Let me just get through those and then I'll come back to work. Well, then that was right, March, right? That was <laughs> beginning of March, right yeah. before, right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I resigned from my position okay. as an early childhood mental health consultant. Um, so I kind of hung up that hat to become a stay-at-home mom through the pandemic. Yeah. Um, it was, you. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That's the one time I was happy about like, not really like having a kid. I was like, okay, yeah. there's just, yeah. we just have to worry about the cat and the dog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I hung up that hat for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it was kind of like that blessing in disguise for our family Yeah. because right after I hung up that hat, our, my mother-in-law, Scott's mom, also diagnosed with cancer. Oh, shit. And so at that time, she was going to be our primary caretaker for Tyler while we were at work. Mm. So a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I knew it was the right decision for me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going on number two. And it's like, here we go again. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> That's so exciting. Thank you. Oh. What a whirlwind. I know. How, um, just a side note. How's your mother-in-law doing? She's good. She, okay. her, she has gone through all of her treatment. Um, she had port chemotherapy. Okay. I don't remember what type of, Oh, I don't, I don't want to say it was ovarian, but I do something is so tur- like, like a gynecological cancer. Like, yeah. It's, uh, like a yeah. ovarian or, or something, um, something in the walls of her cervix. Yeah. Cervical. Something in the walls. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Sure. So she went through all her, her treatment, yeah. um, has been cleared. It's just going right. back for port flushing and Good. yeah, her Good. hair's growing back. That. So yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And that's my thing is just make it to the next scan, mm-hmm. fight for my babies and yeah, 
Yeah. You fought for yourself too. Absolutely. Doing like, like you said, you advocated for yourself all along the way, the whole time, you know, like getting that new nurse, getting a a second, third and fourth opinion for your treatment plan and, and for you to do like, to do that for yourself ultimately in the long run, just kept, you know, kept you healthy, kept you recovering. And it it did do a lot of favors for sure. Yeah. Wow. Kayla. (laughs) Yeah. Told you lifetime movie, lifetime movie. Done. Yeah. I never like it. (laughs) Thanks. I never thought, uh, I never thought cancer and pregnancy were going to be all in one for us. Crazy. Yeah. What what a whirlwind. Because it's funny when you start talking about this, I was like, 2018 really wasn't that long ago. And I was like, her baby looks maybe two ish. Yeah. (laughs) Like one, one and a half. Yeah. He's he'll be two September in my brain. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Now you get it. I get it now. It makes sense. It makes sense. Oh, that was, it was one of those things that you're like, oh, just, and that's why now when I walk into my oncology offices, they're like, let's see pictures of Tyler. Like, you know, because after the pan or I don't want to say after the pandemic, because obviously it's still going on. (laughs) We're getting there. Yeah. But it's like, I haven't felt comfortable enough to take him back to the doctor's yeah. appointments with me, yeah. like I did in the beginning mm-hmm. where they seen him as a baby. They seen him on Valentine's day of 2020. Yeah. They haven't seen him since except yeah. pictures. Yeah. Aww. You know? So it's, it's that little extended family with, with yeah. your, your team and everything. Absolutely. Like that. That's great. So with everything that happened, your whole everything. story, what kind of advice do you have for our listeners out there, whether it can be about advice about cancer, cancer treatment, about being a mom, about a baby. Honestly, I think the biggest takeaway that for me from all of this is your mindset. Okay. I think having that optimistic mindset, no matter what terminology the medical team comes in and uses, Mm -hmm. I really think it's all about how you take it in, you process it and what you do with it. Absolutely. I, I actually can choose how you react and how you deal with it. Like some people don't think they can, but yeah, go ahead. (laughs) No, you're good. Absolutely. You're good. I, I processed it. I went to therapy through it. I figured out my pathway. Mm -hmm. And ultimately at the end of the day, I continued to tell myself, you're going to get through this. Mm -hmm you're going to beat this. It's not coming back. You're going to win. That reassurance, I really believe helped me through it. And even to this day, going into an MRI, I've learned how to read, you know, the, the report the that comes. Oh my God. I no, was like, no, slices? no, no, I, crazy. no. <laughs> I learned how to read the reports that come into my, my chart, which yeah. is like the app they use. Yeah. I learned how to read the reports. I learned what to look for. Mm-hmm. You see, don't you see nothing about a mass, mm-hmm. no new enhancement. Okay, cool. This is yeah. going to be a great doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. It's really having that positivity taking it in, figuring out what your game plan is and not, I don't want to say not sulking in it, Mm -hmm. but not letting it consume you with negativity. Yeah. I think that was the biggest thing for me was making sure even with my family, I felt like 
I was the consoler for them mm-hmm. too, while I was still consoling myself with the diagnosis. Yeah. But as a social worker with that background, it's in my nature. Yeah. Yeah. That, like you've been training for it. Like you're, yeah, it really, life. and that's what I feel like. It's like, I trained. Yeah. I felt like this was my big test mm-hmm. as ridiculous as that sounds. What are we going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Cancer, wow. tr- cancer treatment. I really don't feel like I can give any advice because I couldn't tell you really what it was like, because <laughs> I don't know if I, it was pregnancy or if it was, <laughs> or, or if it was, or yeah. Radiation. Wow. Or radiation. Yeah. All I know is my, I lost my, the left side of my hair and that was the only visible thing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So well, that's, yeah, that's solid advice. And then also you. You know, advocating for yourself. I think every, yeah. every episode I kind of touch on that. And I think that's such a, a huge deal for everybody out there. Like if go get a second, third opinion, if you want yeah. to, and then absolutely. Also, yeah, you don't have to keep the doctor. If you don't like the doctor, you nope. don't have to keep the nurse. If you don't like the nurse. So nope. after on. it's you, after, it's your life. <laughs> exactly. After, after four opinions, three medical plans taken into advice, them all looking very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew that where I was at, where I had my brain surgery, I knew that was my team I was going with. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Kayla, so. you're, you're so awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Your story was incredible. Like, thank I was you. Expecting this little, twist yeah, a little twist and turn. Yeah. We call it the, the loop-de-loop. Oh, yeah. Turn. Yep. Yep. You guys are on a ride for sure. Yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> And here we are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Coming out the other side with another yeah. baby. Congratulations again. Thank That's you. So I appreciate that. I know. Yeah. Well, we're hoping for a healthy baby, of course. Mm-hmm. But of course. yeah. I want a girl. Fingers uh, crossed. No matter what, crossed. healthy baby, but if you can healthy baby, girl, yeah. Yeah. Yep. For boy sure. and a girl done. Yeah. Yeah. Boy yeah. and a girl done. Cool. <laughs> so we'll know in a few days. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so yeah. excited for you. Thank you. Is there anything else? Like we're kind of like towards the end of, of your story and, and you sharing everything. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Can people find you on Instagram or Facebook or reach out if they do have? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I don't know what my Instagram tag is right now. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't write it down. I'll put it in the episode um, notes. How okay. Hold okay. on. Yeah. Just go. put it in the episode notes. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's with my maiden name and all yeah. of that. You I make, forget which name is which. Yeah, you make social media so long ago that it's yeah. like, oh, it is what it if is. anybody looks at the actual URL, it's like, oh, yeah. that's from 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, like when yeah. Facebook started. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, what was I thinking? Yeah, right. Remember yeah. when we had like one picture we could use or three pictures or something like that? Crazy. Top eight. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh. <laughs> Tom. Tom was in my top eight. Tom. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think my biggest takeaway from my own experience is fight. That love it. Fight and get through it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be the same for everyone, Mm -hmm. but tell your story. Even if you don't feel strong enough, share your story. Everybody's is different. Mm -hmm. No matter what you go through, how you go through it Mm -hmm. and allow the support to be there. I think that was a big one too. Don't shut, don't shut your friends and family out. I don't think I would be where I am today without any of them. Yeah. sounds like you had a really incredible support system. Even to this day. Yeah. That's amazing. So, 
Yeah. That's great. I really appreciate this opportunity though. Kayla, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being on of and, and course. being and sharing your story. Like I'm of always course. in awe of, of the survivors that come on and share their stories and they're just thank so you. open. So thank you for being on this episode and, and for sharing your story for my cancer story podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Jess.